Hey, hey, hey. Hi. It's Megan. And Jess. And we're your friends, friends with Frost. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Don't Worry About My Her. Woo! That's my that's my accent when I say don't worry about my her. Um, <laughs> my fake put on accent. We are here to provide a platform to talk about experiences from the perspective of two young adult black women Woo-woo. on topics that influence our lives every day, such as relationships, health, wellness, entertainment, careers, and more. Yes. We hope to create a space that's relatable. And inspiring for you. <laughs> That's the hope. That's the hope. So today's episode, we are now getting towards the end of February, which yes. is nuts because I feel like this year is just moving. Yeah, <clears throat> even though January went really slow. But here we are at the end of February. It did. And here we are. We are here to talk about Black History Month. Hey. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Add a little spice to it. I almost started busting out to sing uh, Stevie Wonder's Happy Birthday version. Uh, to me, it's just no you know it is lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring ring with the harmonies some of y'all don't know this song i don't know all the lyrics but i know the song let our rejoicings rise high as a lit actually i really shouldn't because i might embarrass myself (laughs) sing a song no, I need to stop. That's where you I'm putting stop. myself in the corner. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. That's the black national anthem. Yes, for those of you who are unaware. Lift every voice and, and sing. sing. Yes. Together. Because, yes, there is a black national anthem. <laughs> it's, it's unofficial. I don't know. Maybe it's official. Maybe they did get that title. I feel like, well, I don't know if it's official, official, but it's, it's official, official in the black, black community. People. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very well known and discussed. If you and were so, asked to sing the black national anthem, you would know what to go into. You would know. And you might be like me where you can only sing the lift your voice, voice and sing. sing. I don't remember the ring. It's, okay, it's I remember fine. there was something about a ring after that, but earth and heaven will ring. Amen. Till victory is won. Yes. If you really want a good rendition, Beyonce just recently did it. Actually, I don't know if it's a really good, but it Ooh. is a good. Yes, at at her um, Coachella. Yes, Beachella. That makes sense. Makes at her sense. when she yes, it was she very did it black performance. right before formation. Yes, she knew what she was doing. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm throwing a little curveball in here since we're talking about songs. Oh, what are the top ten blackest songs? Oh, she threw a curveball. This wasn't in our show notes. This okay. Is my notes. I'm throwing it in. But I'm thinking of songs that like define black culture. I'm um, gonna... Before I let you go. Oh, oh, oh. I will never, 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 never let you go before I go. So that's before I let you go. Yes, that that song is essential, essential. to a black gathering, yeah. barbecue, wedding, yes, any sort of celebration. Yes. You might even hear it at a funeral. I'm just saying, <laughs> not during the ceremony, but, but at, at the, the end, repast, at the repast yeah. when we're eating and we're trying yes. to be loving, and yes. then we've kind of gotten to the tears and we're finished our meal, and now yes. we want to hug each other. Yeah, you got that last scoop of peach cobbler. Yes, yeah, it that song is essential. Essential. Yes. Is the that the song you were thinking? That's exactly what yeah, I was saying. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> I was I was gonna say, oh, we're not going in any 
any particular order, but that's the top. Yeah. Like, that's a black song. Yes. You know what's another one? Yes. What's what? Wait, you have one? I was going to go with the staple singers. I'll take you there. I know what place. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody crying. I take you there. <laughs> Ain't nobody worried. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ain't no smiling faces. faces. Lying to the races. Lying to the race. Black people love to do that. Speak it and then sing it. Like, why yes. we gotta do that? <laughs> <laughs> Lying to the races. Lying to the races. <laughs> yes, that, so that's, that's a very black song also. You yes. can hear that at a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Family gathering. Um, I feel like when the first um, chords of this song go off, you hear it, and only certain people know to go into the electric slide. It's like candy. I can feel it when you walk. Even when you talk, it takes over me. Yes, that one's a... Because I feel like only yes. in the black community will you go into the electric slide. Oh, during oh, that song, yes. you got a baby in your like, arms. Yes, and people plate. are like, "This isn't the electric slide." I think it took me forever to realize that there's an actual electric, electric slide, slide song, yes. and because I was doing it to Candy, and yes. then one day I heard it, I was like, "Wait, yes. this is this isn't the song." But yes. you can do the electric slide to this song too. It's electric. That's the song. Boogie, wiggy, wiggy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. I heard that song for the first time in fourth grade because we had to do it in gym class, and I too was confused. <laughs> I was like, why are we doing candy steps to this song? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? And I think I asked the question when I got home, and my cousin lived with us, and she was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. some people do the electric slide. <laughs> the, the dance is called electric slide. We just do it to candy." And I was like, "Oh, oh. okay, okay, okay." <laughs> Another one, it's a little bit out there, so I'm sorry in advance, but it's the best intro ever to a song, and immediately we'll get everybody on the dance floor. All right. Back that up. I don't know if that goes with Black History Month. It's Black History? It is. It's just essential. Brown line line in the 2000s. It's essential. It, I mean, in our generation, I think, yes, you yes. hear that song. Yes. Uh, to me, it's essential. Doomed. I mean, we can't re-sing it. I don't no, think so. No, you can't sing but, it. Um, yes. <laughs> but, yes. But if that song is not played at a black wedding, I'm mad. Dang. That's that's a lot of pressure on the brown folks. That's a lot of pressure. So that's four songs right there we What's got. four? Dang. I have another one. Go. It's in the same vein. Megan. I know. <laughs> I, it's a little less. What cookouts? Though. What cookouts you be at? Swag surf. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's a recent one. I feel like you could you could do without it, but I think that's a that's uh, Megan shaking her head. No, you no, can't. You can't. can't. It's essential. Well, na- now I feel like people, it is. Yes. I feel like it is at a wedding. You you can judge the wedding by how your crowd sa- swag surfs. Yes. If they yes. swag surf at all. I mean, yes. we did we did have a re- relatively epic. I missed it. I'm not going to lie. I, I missed had, my swag I requested swag surf. <gasps> you were the one? I requested all kinds of things. I also requested Selena, but then I was like, Megan, this ain't your wedding, and we are not in Texas anymore. This and they also did hear. not play Selena, and I'm actually happy. I don't think, I mean, I would have listened, and I would have bitty bitty bum bum. But nobody would have enjoyed that but, but me. And you also probably didn't ask for bitty bitty bum bum. I did ask for that. Oh, I would have done that. Anyway. We would have hit that washing machine. Anyways, um, yeah, swag surf. We're not even saying words. We're not. We, we don't just, know them. We're I'm words. swagging. I'm surfing. I'm swagging. I'm surfing. I'm swagging. I'm surfing. I'm clean like this detergent. Hey. You know. Um. Yeah. 
That's a good one. It's essential to young black people. Yes. Are we going back to the classics now? Yes, Megan. I okay. didn't know we left them. Okay, sorry. <laughs> These were the classics. Sorry, you got something for us? Um, I'm trying to think of songs that like we would hear like in college that they put it on at a party. Be like, ooh, it has to take you somewhere. Yeah, like it's got to take you somewhere. It's got to take you there. Damn. I'm thinking of another one is like that Marvin song that we don't I don't ever really know the lyrics to oh you got to give it up give it up yeah that's a good one wait there's another one and now it's gonna drive me crazy oh my gosh anyway I can't think of that one but yes give it up people were really into the what's going on for a while they were father father I mean, that's just a sad song, though. Everybody it thinks really we're wrong. <laughs> oh, but who are they to judge us? Remember they redid that song? Anyway, that was a big one. But if you want to go on Apple Music, they did make a Black History Month playlist. What? Yes. I don't Scroll know who right the curators now. were, but there was a Black History Month playlist created for Black History Month. Um, oh, okay. I see it now. It yes. Says, Every February, we take time to acknowledge the broad influence of Black Americans throughout history. Mm-hmm. Some of these I do not know. Uh, Let's see. Swing low, sweet chariot. We yeah, know well, that one. That's that's, that's really taking it back. Swing low, taking it back. We have respect by Aretha. Oh yes, that's a song that if it comes on, that yes, yes. yes. What you want, everybody though, baby? I got it. See, that's Black people love to speak it and then hope it comes right on after. <laughs> What you want? What you want? Baby, I got it. Baby, I got it. It always happens like that. Oh, I think, you know, this one's kind of an obvious one, but I think it is essential to the black experience. Mm -hmm. Say it loud. I'm I'm black and I'm proud. Yes. Hearing my mother speak about that when the James Brown movie came out and Uh, hearing my auntie speak about that. I'm like, you know, I didn't experience that. In the 70s, they were really coming into this in life. Right. Being proud of being black. Being proud yes. of being black rather than being ashamed. Like and an affirmation, for if you will. Yeah, they were coming of age. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Hey. We probably should still do that, to be honest. Well, hey, I'll take you there by Stable Singers on this. Living for the City by Stevie Wonder, which uh, also was a jam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got Oh Happy Day on there. We shall overcome. Funny story. What? A funny story. Here's another black moment. Last year, during my birthday, I went to Greece and Italy with my mom, my friend, and my aunt. We were in Italy. We got lost, so we stopped in this little cafe. Uh-huh. The people in there loved us. Uh, gave us free stuff. Aw. Great. So, as we were, like, getting ready to go, the one of the cafe guys was like, are you guys from America? And I, we were like, yes. So, we get asked that question a lot. Usually, it goes to, like, we hate your president. And I was like, <laughs> okay, everybody. That's probably, yeah. Yeah, but that's not where it went. He said, oh, yeah, we always wanted to go to America because we love to to see you guys singing those choirs. Oh, happy day. No. <laughs> I stood there and was like, what? <laughs> but you to what? <laughs> see us singing? But you got to think. That's the black what, experience and the black choir, they are doing something different. They're doing something different, and that is his perception of, of black, black people yes, in America. Is, which is nice. Which is nice. Like, it's not a bad stereotype, but yeah. it was just funny because I'm like, yeah. you want to see us sing Oh Happy Day? Yes. When G- He probably saw Sister Act 2. When Jesus, Jesus walked. walked. Yep. 
Yes. He washed the sins away. He taught me how. <laughs> you have to scream that like they do in the movie. Yes. Yes. It's a good movie. That is a good movie. Lift Every Voice and Sing is on here. It's on there. I'm scared I'm going to play a song. I don't want to play it. Fight the power. Oh, F the police. Well, okay. U-N-I-T-Y. These aren't songs that I would put on the list of like life top 10, but yes, they are experiences. Hmm. Everyday people. Can you see it? Everyday people. Oh, Umi Says by Most Def is one of my favorite songs in the world. In the whole world? In the whole world. Wang. Goodbye by Talib That's a That is a good one. I love that one. Yeah. Golden Jill Scott. Oh, this is a good list. I'm going to have to play it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have at least five that oh, we yes. can talk, think of. If you think of any. So we want to hear from you guys. Leave, drop a comment to yes. tell us what other songs are essential to black history. I'm trying to think of this. There's this one. Gonna make this a night to remember. Get ready. But I don't know if that's as universally Tonight. known. People around the world join hands, start a love tra- Ooh, child, things are gonna. I, I read like that, that as O O H because I Ooh, child, things think of Brooklyn immediately. I was just gonna say it has to take you to a place. It has to take you to a place. Yeah, Brooklyn is where I go. Man, thank you, Spike Lee, for that movie. Spike Lee. Oh, look, there, there's what's going on. Anywho, we got. I mean, yeah, yeah. So you guys, let us know. We probably left out a ton of songs, and then it, you know what's going to happen. People will send it, and we'll start singing it immediately. That's what happens with That's music. Happens. You'll be like, name the title, and be like, yes! <laughs> yes! Yeah, I will, I will, uh, I'm curious to hear you guys' song suggestions and a memory you might have attached to it. Yes. I, I'm very curious. Yes. But let's get into the episode. Oh, sorry, yes. us a curve. You did. Ball. That was not on our list. It wasn't, but let's, let's get it cracking. What are we talking about today? Um, oh, a change gonna come. All right, take this list. <laughs> um, we are talking about Black History Month, and I think we, as black women, mm-hmm. have gone through a lot of experiences, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things we can speak on is that, our experiences, um, and being, I think there's this, well, I've had a lot of experience, slash not a lot of experience, so I think we both have kind of differing life experiences where you go being the token black person to not or not what what that means. So the token black person is like, you know, they check the box of having a black person in their friend circle, the mm-hmm. workplace, mm-hmm. being the, you know, black athlete on a team because, you know, black people are supposed to be athletic. Like, you know, mm-hmm. these stereotypes that we fit into this token black life. So growing up, I did not have a token black experience. I grew up in a actually predominantly black environment like school and that whole thing um and town and community so I was never I it actually was more of a eye-opening experience to go to a college where I was like oh this classroom is not all black people <laughs> like where are my people so I think I had a very different experience growing up but what was unique about that is that growing up I was kind of called the white girl in my school like I was like you know, she's the whitest girl in our school. And like, as a growing up, like being told, that, I was like, yeah, I guess so, because I talk like this and <laughs> I really like pop music and the Spice Girls and I don't watch um, Rap City every day. <laughs> like, you know, that was like the cool thing. Like, I'm not coming home to watch Rap City. I'm coming home to watch Zoom on PBS. Yes, and, like, that, was <laughs> that was my show. 
And I didn't know a lot of, like... And Arthur. And Arthur, yes. Like, and I... And getting older, I still wasn't... Like, I watched a lot of the... Like, I watched, like, Blacks... And we'll talk about TV shows later. But I watched a lot of, like, some of the Black sitcoms with my mom. Like, Let Me Single and Martin and all that. But, like, those were, like, late night. Like, after school, Mm -hmm. I was into, like, watching... Yeah, I wasn't watching The Basement. Yeah. So, Tick... Big Tigger, I knew who he was because yeah. I watched it to be cool. Yeah. Um, because I knew, but I wasn't that. like, yeah, like, I mean, you know, yeah. So, like, that, and that just wasn't my entertainment taste, and that was okay with me. But, like, growing up, you're pressured to be in this, like, like how most people would be pressured to know popular culture music. Like, our popular culture and my culture was, like, rap and R&B. And, like, that, I listened to it. I knew what it was. I knew some songs, but like even thinking about like a lot of the older school, like I wouldn't be able to tell you every Tupac song off the top of my head because I wasn't into that. And that was what my culture, my community, my friends at school, like that's what they were listening to. So sometimes it, it did make me feel like, yeah, I guess I am the whitest girl, you know? And like, even like not experience, like not getting that validation, like, no, but you're, you're black. Like you, the way you talk, the music you listen to, what you like, what you don't like, doesn't define your actual race. Like you're black because you're, you're black. Like that's, that's your heritage. That's your skin. That's like, that's everything. Like that's your genetics, your DNA. You are black. It doesn't matter what you like, what you don't like. So, or how you talk, which was the whole thing was like, you know, I didn't talk any bonics. I wasn't like, I don't know, all the things that were stereotyped as being Black. Black. Yeah. And I didn't have the language to say that as a kid or as a high schooler. Mm -hmm. Like, it was kind of like, and it was until high school, like, all the way up until forever. Like, I don't think I even gained this knowledge until I was an adult. Like, I kind of accepted, like, yeah, I was the whitest girl at my school. Like, claiming it. Like, that that was who I was. And so, like, thinking back now and being, and now actually being in spaces where I'm like, nope, I am black. Yep. (laughs) And in this classroom, they would never say, you're like a white girl. Like they they wouldn't say that to me because I am black. And like there are still aspects of my life that I'm like, nope, I can't relate to that because this is the experience I had. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just different things that now that I'm not in an all black environment or a predominantly black environment that I'm seeing that I kind of let didn't acknowledge before. Yeah. So it's kind of funny now to be in those scenarios where I'm like, oh, this is weird because I didn't grow up that way. Like I didn't grow up being a token black girl. So that's kind of interesting for me, at least. I think your experience was a little different. <laughs> Mine was the opposite. <laughs> so yeah, I grew up, which I mentioned before, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood area. <clears throat> I was always one or one of two of the only black children in my particular class. So maybe there was like 10 black kids total mm-hmm. in my grade level. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we get divided up. <laughs> that sounds bad, but we get divided up, and then I would be one or one of two in my class. So um, mm-hmm. what I will say about my mom is she never uh, – what I liked was she never fell into the whole stereotype or, like, we have to be black or we have mm-hmm. to do certain things. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, you, you can like whatever music you right. like. You can speak however you want to. Uh, my mom is also from the country, so she just speaks a little more country in general. <laughs> but there were, I never felt any of that weird pressure at home. But yeah, at school, I definitely had those moments. So mm-hmm. I would say most of the time it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And kindergarten, don't really remember feeling any different. But definitely once I got into elementary school for mm-hmm. real, there are quite a few moments that stick out of like people, uh, what do I, how can I say it? Pointing out your blackness that were just mm-hmm. very uncomfortable. I remember... 
being in class and talking about slavery and it was always like I would hate when we would get to that in history class oh. because you would see people like start turning and looking at me yeah and I, it was just so weird and I'm like crazy. why do their parents teach them not to do <laughs> stuff like this or other things Every time, and this still happens to me as an adult, and yes. I hate it. Yes. Every time I change my hairstyle. Oh, yes. And yes. I'm talking about from simple things. My mom decided not to give me pigtails today, and she gave me four braids. Yes. People would lose their mind <laughs> and act like You're a I new person. Didn't. Yes. <laughs> I almost didn't even recognize you. Yes, the heck you recognize me. You know who I am. <laughs> Stop. And I'm saying still to this day as an adult, going to work. Yeah. I used to dread, and I still do. If I make a change of from wearing my hair straight, I literally just run a flat iron over it. Yeah. The questions I get are asinine. Yeah. How long does it take you to do your hair? How often do you wash your hair? Yeah. What do you wash your hair with? Yeah. What, you, what type of brush do you use? What? And I always don't worry about my hair. Yes, don't worry about my hair. <laughs> I use a flat iron. I use a brush just like you do. Right. I shampoo my hair with shampoo. I went to the blow dry bar. I went to the blow dry bar. I sat next to a, a white woman. Like, what do you <laughs> want me to say? I don't, it, it's, it's just creating such a difference. Yeah. And if they otherize other is how I feel. Like, I feel otherized. Like, I'm so different from you. Yeah. I, it's almost like I'm not a human. Like, right. you're really confused and confounded of how I live. How my life is and why how I got to put is. lotion on every day. Right. Because I'm, because I'm ashy. Which is so funny because, like, as you said that, like, I never had, and it's kind of, I guess I, I don't, I guess I've been so, I guess you could call it blessed. Or I, don't, I, I don't know what you would call it. But I've never, it's actually funny because, like, I don't think, I think growing up, the majority of our teachers were white. But I can't even imagine now as an adult, like, these teachers, like, in elementary school, it was a tad. And but I, I mean a tad. Like, we might have had three white kids maybe in our grade, maybe four. Wow. Like, it was it was just, I think it was more diverse. No, okay, maybe we had three or four when we were in high school, but more when we were in elementary school. Because as they got older, the, the town I grew up in was known for being predominantly black. And I don't know if this was real or not, or this is just my perception of what reality was. Mm-hmm. But it did feel like as we got older, the white kids started going to private schools. And they started getting pulled out of these Bloomfield public schools and I mean, the school system just might not have been as good, but then you think about why are school systems that are predominantly black not as good? Right. We all know that's a systemic thing. Yeah. But with that being said, because, well, that's that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, but with that being said, like growing up. We can get into it. We I can mean, have we two might. episodes for black history. We might, because <laughs> I was thinking when you said that, like these white teachers were teaching black kids about slavery. Yes. And we were we were the many like we were the the majority in that room. Yeah. So I don't know. And I mean, I guess I'd have to ask one of the teacher people. Like, I mean, my mom was also teaching the school system, but my mom also looks very racially ambiguous. Mm-hmm. She has like wash and go hair. I like to call it. It's yeah. like curly, very She's very fair skin, very fair skin. Yeah. And so there's times when people didn't know she was a black woman, mm-hmm. and. Me and my mom have very different experiences. My hair is not the same as texture as my mother. My skin clearly black. I am clearly black. My skin tone is deeper. Like there is just in brown. Like there are just many differences. We have the same features. Like mm-hmm. other than our skin tone and our hair, like our same smiles face, are the same. Honey. Same face. You could paste it on. Just you colored it in with a different crayon. Like it's <laughs> it's literally like that. So like thinking about like what that probably was like because there's a lot of. Um, black history lessons that we learned. Like I remember going to my cousin 
who was the same age as me and be like, you don't know who Ruby Bridges is? Like, Ruby right. Bridges was one of the first young black women who went to an integrated school system. And she was six, like six going to like these these Talk lessons. That, right. She came to our school like we had lessons. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like we had. And I, I'm sure this was probably pushed upon the fact that we were a predominantly black school. Like we had these lessons that other schools didn't have. And I was like, everyone's getting this. You know, as a kid, everyone's getting these lessons and like imagining like nowadays i we i just had a meeting i guess it was like three or four years ago at work and we were reflecting on the year and one of the topics that came up was black lives matter Mm -hmm. and the whole room it was a room of all white people (laughs) in in my department looked not department but anyway anyway they turned and looked at me and the facilitator was like jess do you want to talk about black lives matter and i was like uh no like, I, I didn't raise my hand. I didn't raise my hand. I didn't write this lesson. I'm, and, and I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm a here, I'm here as you're facilitating. I didn't even know this was a topic today. Right. Um, and like at the time, like I didn't have the language to say, and one of my colleagues came up to me and that was, and she was like, that was, oh, now I don't have the words. She was like, that was a, um, oh, she, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. That's all right. She, she was like she should not have put you in that situation. And like, as a, I mean, I was just like, I mean, I, I can see why, cause I'm the only black person in the room, but I had never experienced that. Lessons about black history, slavery were all done in a predominantly black room for me. Like, so I never felt like someone was going to turn and look at me and be like, Jess, do you Single know you about out. this? Yeah. So like I would, I, and that was the first time was in my adulthood because that's just not how, I grew up, and also in my college life, like, I didn't take classes that talked about those topics. That just wasn't in my schooling, I guess, in in college, because we were on a different track as far as, like, science and all of that stuff, psychology. But just thinking about that experience for you, I'm like, what the frick? Since since the dawn of time. (laughs) So you saying, like, being singled out like that, I'm like, oh, my God, that happens to me all the time where I'm just, like, once again, baffled that you feel like you have the... Uh, microaggression. Microaggression. There Sorry, that was the word. That no. was but, but I'm like, you feel comfortable and confident turning to me, putting me on the spot like that. Right. To... I I was living with someone in California, and her um, a family member was over at the house and started talking to me, and a group of people started talking to me and said, oh, Megan, my friend who happens to be black, and I already was like, don't. don't. <laughs> First he said, "Oh, I don't know if this is going to be offensive or not. If it's you usually going to be. That, it's usually going to be. Don't tell me. Just, just stop." So he said, "My friend who happens to be black, and I'm already like on pins and needles. Of course, the room goes quiet. Um, I thought he was trying to hook me up with him because that's what people always do. I have a nice black man for you, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, you don't have to tell me he was black. You can just say he was a man. That's what I'm into, <laughs> men. <laughs> I'm into men. But okay. Um, so he says, my friend who happens to be black told me about this restaurant that his people." I kid you not, that's what he said, that his people love to go to. It has chicken, it has macaroni and cheese, it has, and I was just sitting there with my mouth open like, no, this person is not saying this to me. (laughs) He really thought he was giving me a good recommendation. But only to you. He couldn't just give it to the room. Couldn't give it to the room. Yes. That's wild. He could have said, there's a new Southern food restaurant. Right. Like, you might Ooh, like that because I'm Some people call soul food. Soul food. No, he wanted to tell me about his black Singled friend. That recommended this restaurant. That recommended that restaurant. Which Wild. also is another point. I'm sorry. Go. Now I'm going. 
the term black friend. Hate it. Black friend. If Can't I, just be your friend. If I ever hear any one of my friends refer to me as the black the Megan. black friend, <laughs> we are not friends. The black Megan. I don't want it. If I'm your black friend, I'm not your friend. I'm just your friend. I'm just your friend. Don't don't say, oh, I have black friends, so I can't be racist. Well, it's not Megan. Well, okay, it's not Megan. <laughs> well, that is um. So I just recently listened to a podcast, the Rachel Hollis Rise podcast. I guess we're supposed to shout out podcast. Yeah. Um, and she had this woman on talking about Black History Month and why we celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of going back to the lesson, like we are. Uh, what what someone say? A stone throw away from segregation. A stone throw. <laughs> Saying that there are people that are still alive currently. Maybe they're in their 90s to 100s. I mean, there's probably people in their 50s and 60s that firsthand experience segregation. Oh, yes. Experience because My of the... My oh, siblings. I knocked something over, sorry. <laughs> experience that because of the color of their skin, they couldn't experience something another human being experienced because of the skin they were born in. Not because of a decision they made, not because of a choice they got to have, but because of how they were born determined that they were not eligible for an experience that another human being of a different hue was eligible for. Crazy. Stone throw away. You could you could ask a neighbor that's over the age of of any race, like if yeah. they if they ever remember that and they could either tell you they do or they don't, but they, it just happened. Yeah. And we are still, there are still places that might feel the need to tell you no to experience something. But, so Black History Month is to recognize a culture, and like same with Hispanic heritage, like there's, there are cultures that should be celebrated because we all of our lives had to learn that American history is the history that happened with all of, a lot of white people. Yes. And that there's the history of, yes, there was slavery. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, for the majority of the years. Like, yes. For the majority of America's history, there was slavery. If you look at the, if you look at the charts. If you actually look at the If you pull up the statistics. There. Yeah. And so it's, it's to say like, historically black people were not celebrated and now we are able to because we have a voice and we want to use it and we want to be proud of who we are, where we came from and that no, we were not able to choose to be black. No, we were not able to choose to have this color of our skin. But here we are today, stronger for all of those experiences that we were brought into, brought into slavery, brought into segregation, brought into communities where they said those people aren't good enough because they look like that, Mm. which is wild when you think like people were saying, no, because you look like that, you cannot have this food, you cannot have this water, you cannot sit on this toilet, you cannot do anything because you look like crazy. that. That's crazy, right? Like, and and I know this is like, and some I think she brought this up too, that like, you know, equality is a big word. Like, you know, we live in a world now where like people are choosing who to love, what sex to be, and those are technically choices. I understand that people are born, bleep, they are born gay or they were not born in the right sex, but they have the choice to then choose who they make love the and make change. the physical changes yeah. that they want. I was born here. <laughs> I was born with this brown skin. I came out and I I was, I'm going to like Britney Spears and listen, get my mom. She got from strawberries. It was a local music store in Hartford, well, Bloomfield, <laughs> Connecticut. Um, some strawberries. One day she brought me in the Hit Me Baby One More Time album. And no, everybody wasn't listening to that, but I liked it. Just like I liked that recent Jonas Brothers album, everybody. Oh, I'm okay, okay with that. Okay. But, <laughs> 
you know, just because I like that music doesn't change that I am a black person experiencing black life, you know? Absolutely not. So that's why I don't really know how I got on this rant. But (laughs) no, Black History Month is here to stay, and we want to celebrate the black power that we have. Yes, office rise. (laughs) (laughs) And all those experiences that are varied. Because I think it's interesting to think about the different experiences. And I don't even even know what it was like to be a black person in an all-white Texas. Yeah. Oh, gosh. In a very red state. Yes. Uh, It's it's just very interesting. There's certain things that I just didn't naturally feel a part of Mm. uh, when the rodeo would come to town. That's not my personal culture. Now, I understand there are black cowboys, so some people might have felt... Which I didn't know that. Yeah. Megan taught me something. A black cowboy. She black is. Cowboy. She got her imaginary lasso right here, right <laughs> now. I am. Um, yes, so there are black cowboys. And so that's not to say that somebody else who was black would not feel connected to that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, for me personally, I didn't feel that. And it did feel like a very Eurocentric thing of like, I would go to the... I remember going to the rodeo in fifth grade and being like... Or, when I was five, rather, um, and remembering, thinking, like, there's nobody here who looks like me. Mm-hmm. The people taking our tickets, the people serving mm-hmm. us food, like, people showing us these stinky little cows that I didn't even want to see. Stinky cows. <laughs> <laughs> nobody that looks like me. So I I think I recognize that more than um, than maybe some other people because I, I was always looking out for that. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, if I walk in a room, I'm looking for a familiar face. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be anybody I personally know. When I say familiar, I mean I'm looking for a black or brown face. Yeah. Is this a safe space for me to be in? Yeah. And that might sound so foreign to some people because they're used to being in spaces where everybody looks like them. Yes. For me, that's not the case. So yeah. I'm looking in and I'm like, am I going to have to be the ambassador of black in this room? The Are ambassador of black, yes. <laughs> Shout out to my friend Carva because she gave me that term. Dang. But am I going to have to... Dang. Explain myself. Am I going to have to code switch when I'm in this room? Right. Am I going to have to represent myself at a higher standard? Because I I feel the same. Like, I I remember saying at work one day that, like, the first thing I walk into a room when I see a family, because we work at a hospital, Mm -hmm. is, you know, are they going to be okay with me? Like, you know, like, I walk into a room and sometimes you can feel the the shoulders kind of relax when it's a black family and they see me walk into a room like yes yes one of ours I'm in a stressful situation because I'm here in the hospital and you are you are one of us Mm -hmm. um and then I feel like my shoulders get tense when I walk into a room and I'm like ooh, it's this I remember I and I always think of this story I had a I walked into a room and this man had on an NRA hat and he talked NRA the rifle association right that's what it stands for and he was much older and like you know they're from rural Pennsylvania and I was like, what am I getting into? He was much older, much, much older, to the point that he told me about Super Bowl One. Um, <laughs> Super Bowl One. We started getting on a topic of football and like, and, and again, and that was my own personal biases. Like, I right. was like, Absolutely. what am I getting into? And like, you know, th- they had that like Pennsylvania draw, like all these things. And like, you hear these stories about like rural PA and like what it's looking like. And I remember being so tense and then like slowly but surely, you know, you, I have to keep going back in that room. I have to still do a job whether, you know, you want me or not. Like I'm, I'm the only person you got here. So here we are. Yep. Um, and I mean, honestly, once that feeling like <laughs> leaving day, that family left, they still, when they come to visit or if they come back to the hospital, they see me, they, they give me kisses on the cheeks. I Aww. don't, like, it's wild. But it's like, it's so funny how you walk into a room and because of your experience and even just 
knowing the history of areas and like mm-hmm. I might be the first black person they've ever met. I mm-hmm. might I might not be, not be, but I might be the first black person they've met in a healthcare environment. I might like I don't know if I'm putting down the stereotypes you've had or am I raising them up? Like, you know, so like you, the ambassador of black. It's it's a wild feeling to have cuz my, my colleagues were like, "What? You think that?" And I was like, "Yeah, uh-huh." It's the first thing I think. Like, the, I'm I'm black walking into yes, this room. I'm black walking into this room. It's always what I think. Always because we're inviting ourselves into people's lives yes. and whatever their thoughts are. And I mean the same. I mean, I mean, I guess I'm also if me thinking that might also then pass judgment onto them. Like, you know, I could be like I said, I thought of that pe- those people, and I was like, oh lord, what am I getting into? <laughs> and they were fine. They were wonderful. But like, you just hear these things and like. Again, we're a stone throw away from... There are people still expressing their dislike for people of color. They are. Currently loudly. in this world, loudly. Loudly. Without punishment, without <laughs> without any shame. They're living thriving lives. They still have jobs. They still have families. Yep. Have, yes. Yes. It's, it's very interesting and so true. My grandfather, before he passed a couple years ago, was 98 years old. Mm-hmm. This man was born in 1919. Mm-hmm. So... When he lived with us, when we, uh, I was in high school, early college, I was like soaking in all the stories. Mm-hmm. And he went through some trauma. My grandfather mm-hmm. was born and raised in Mississippi. Okay. Ooh. The the hotbed of the foolishness. Yes. So foolishness. he had stories that I won't even repeat. That's how traumatic they were. Mm-hmm. Like I had to listen to this man telling me about people he knew that were hanged. And I was like. It's wild. Very wild. So very and it was intense. acceptable. Yes. It was acceptable. And he would tell us how he would avoid certain things. And mm. so he, he still had that mindset and yeah. got very bothered and upset if he thought we were like getting too close to certain people because he thought their parents don't like you. Right. And you go over to that person's house, their, they don't their father's planning on how they're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. They don't want you there. And because that's very true for him and his experience Stone throws at our age. Mm-hmm. Um, my aunt, my oldest aunt would tell us how she used to pass. She's extremely fair skin, also has a very loose curl pattern. She would tell us how she would pass all the time. And she was like, oh, I thought it was fun to drink from the other water fountain because I could get away with it. Right. She's like, I knew my brown skin siblings couldn't, but I could because people would not be able to tell. That's wild. And I was like, this is what? Like, this This was your childhood and your teenage years? Mm-hmm. And she's still living. So Right. Stone throw. A stone throw. Okay. Not that far away. Not that far. Mm. Wild. It's why black history is important. Why it's important. And it's not just the not just the the sad and bad stuff I mm-hmm. think that we need to recognize. Because I think a lot of people just limit black history to slavery and segregation. <laughs> we because that. that was we I know it was <laughs> but when you said that of like thinking about the timeline, that is so much of it. It is. That now that we're coming out of that, hopefully at a much faster pace. Hopefully, um, there's other things to celebrate. Yes, to celebrate. So I want to celebrate somebody. Yes, me. Oh yes, it must be time for Megan's music corner. Hey, Megan's music corner. I think every time I have a different song. You do, but I ain't mad at it. Okay. <laughs> so this artist is one of my favorites. Um, I talked about him in a little bonus episode that we'll maybe have for you guys. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, Goldlink is the name. Goldlink is from DC area. DMV. The DMV, honey. He released an album last year called Diaspora, which um, is a very black album. Okay, what? <laughs> it's 
very black. Um, we most often hear the term diaspora attached to the African diaspora of mm-hmm. people going to all these different places from Africa, some by choice, some not by choice. Separated. Okay, separated from their families, etc. But when you look at today now and how that has changed the culture of the entire world, it's something to recognize Mm -hmm. and celebrate. So anyways, this album is really good. It has a lot of Afro beats to it, which I'm really just, I'm on an Afro beats. You are jamming. You are jamming Afro beats. Um, and also, fun fact about this album, Justin Bieber's wife, Haley Bieber, oh. shot the cover art for it. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty fact. cool. Yeah. So anyways, this song that I'm going to play you guys is called Yard. Um, it was on my favorites list, first of all, and Barack <laughs> Obama's summer hits and just 2019 favorites. Yes. So let's hear it. I don't need no friends in my life. I don't need no girl that get high, huh? I just need a boat and a tan and a black girl with a five-year plan who's Ow. in school with a kid trying to be the best she can and she drive a good kid man city minivan look no bad vibe could i in a maya no bad vibe could i in a maya no no bad vibe could i in a maya in a maya in a maya no bad vibe could i in a maya no bad vibe could i in a maya no no bad vibe could i in a maya it's a whole vibe it's a party, okay? It's a party. I love me some Gold Link. And I just like what he's doing musically. He's yes. Great. He's, he's great. great. He's great. He's great. He's a young guy, so I'm pretty excited to see what he's going to do with the rest of his career. As he matures with his career. Well, that brings us right to our next topic about yes. representation. Hey guys, so we got a little bit passionate talking about Black History Month, so we divided this episode into two parts. Stay tuned for part two next week as we continue to talk about representation for Black History Month from your friends with Froze. Talk to you then.